Normal service has been restored. I'm Asan, and this is the review pod on the 93-20 player after Manchester City went to Wembley Stadium and beat Tottenham Hotspur by three goals to one to put one hand firmly on the Premier League title. Joining me to talk about the end of a very difficult 10-day period, two-week period, uh, I've got Mr. Lloyd Scrag. Hello, Lloyd. Hi, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah, good, thank you. Excellent. Nice little win yesterday. Indeed. And Mr. Howard Hawking. How are you doing, Howard? Right. I'm okay, thank you. <laughs> but Hungover? Yeah, yeah, it's sad. It's just, Saturday night games, age, not they, for you. At my age, they, they linger for a few days. So. <laughs> <laughs> nothing I can do at your age. I'm fairly yeah. sure that I'm older than you, mate, so we'll, oh. we'll, we'll let that one pass. <laughs> um all right, well, look, uh, very quickly. Now, unless I'm mistaken, we are recording this whilst Manchester United are currently playing West Bromwich Albion. So if they lose, we could be champions by the end of this podcast. Yeah, it's nil nil yeah. after 66 minutes. Come on, West Brom. Come on, West Brom. Imagine that, winning the title live on air right now. That'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, listen, before we get into the Spurs game, quick opening question. Um, I guess it's very fitting. Would you rather United hand City the title this week by losing one of the next two games? Or would you rather City won it by beating Swansea next Sunday? Lloyd, I'll start with you. What do you reckon? Uh, obvious answer for me. I think I'd much rather win it um, against Swansea. I'd rather actively kind of win the league as opposed to, um, I mean, we're still winning it, obviously, but I'd rather have that kind of active act where we get it at home and um, it's in front of all the fans and I'm going. So, yeah, I'm I'm a bit biased. Okay. And Howard, I'm presuming your answer will be exactly the same? Uh, (laughs) Flip-flopping a bit. A part of me, impatience, wants it ASAP, you know, anyway. I mean... I appreciate it now we have won the league, obviously, so uh we're not we don't need United to drop points, it's not gonna make any difference. Yes, I agree with Lloyd. I want to see it done by us winning a game or you know being there again like the previous two times. It would be nice rather than doing it when I sat at home. Okay. Uh, and then because then you can celebrate it with the people you're with, you know, join the match. Having said that, United are drawing at the moment, a draw would be quite a good result because I know we'll probably win next Sunday. We really should win and win comfortably. But if United draw and say win on, if they pick up four points because they've got two games before we play Swansea, then we'd only need the draw next Sunday, which would make it a more relaxing experience. So, yeah, I yes, think a draw, to, a draw today and then they can beat Bournemouth or the other way around, you know. Pick up That's points. hilarious. Even even though we only need three points to win the league and we've got like loads of games left, Howard is still like, yeah, I want a, I want them to draw today at least because it'll make it a bit less stressful next weekend. It's no, not going to be stressful, stressful next it, weekend. It's, it's about the, I really <laughs> want us to be at, to do it when we're at home, you see. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, okay. And of course, I think it's West Ham away after that one. So it just make you know, it takes away the risk. It's not, it's not about us <laughs> messing up the league title. It's about, I'd rather do it yeah, as Lloyd said, when we're there watching them. So needing one point just makes it very, very, very likely we'll do it on the day. Okay. All right. Well, I what think about that, you? I th- I, well, um, yeah. I mean, of course, uh, you want to you wanna win it yourself. Uh, having said that, if United lose today, I'll take that. No problem at all. Do you know what I mean? It's It's not... I won't. I wouldn't shed a tear, for example, if United lost today and it meant that we couldn't win the league at home next weekend. 
Um, <clears throat> but yeah, of course, if you have a preference, then you want to win it in front of your own supporters. And yeah, as a supporter, you want you want to see them win it to 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 win the league. Although I, I think, to be honest, part of my part of my reticence in that answer is just that there's been a bit too much talking about how anticlimactic this league win will be. That's just absolute nonsense yeah. for me. I'm just like, give over. Do you know what I mean? And hearing it from opposition supporters, from like Liverpool fans, and I heard a Liverpool fan say, you know, oh, we, we ever win the league, I wouldn't want to win it like this. And I was just like, are you what? Get up. That is ridiculous. You know what I mean? Can't be choosers. Do you know what I mean? Like, come on! It's just like it's too much. It's really too much. Some of the talking down. So for that reason, I'm just like I'm not really bothered. Yeah. United lose. So if they do draw today, I mean, we're 15 points clear with five games to go and a a plus 30 goal difference over the (laughs) bus. So we have we have kind of won it today, even if they draw. But of course, mathematically, they can't uh, give it us. today so yeah no definitely um all right well i think before we before we get real upbeat about what was great about that spurs performance um a quick chat about the last kind of 10 12 days now that the dust has has settled i think it all it's always easier to talk about a bad run like that after you've kind of come out the other end of it and and won a game um lloyd thoughts now on on that period, Liverpool, United, Liverpool, and what you think happened? Or is that just football? Yeah. Oh, it's, it, it was, you are right, it was hot. I think it was horrible whilst you were in it. And to come out the other end, because I was, I was really nervous about the Spurs game, to be honest. Um, so to come out the other end and win, and win emphatically, I think, as well. But yeah, no, during... the, the I think a bit like what Howard said, the, the Liverpool fold, in the first game, I just honestly didn't see that coming. Um, I mean, I know we've been absolutely amazing this season, but I just thought that, given the experience of what happened in Anfield in January, I just thought that it was obvious that the players were going to know what 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 was coming, kind of thing. And despite that, they still really didn't step up and kind of and, and panicked. And we saw those mistakes from people like Walker and Otamendi um, that we saw obviously in the first game. So. Yeah, I mean, it 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 was it was really annoying, but like you said, I mean, look, it it, it sometimes takes a win to make you realise, you know, we're on eighty seven points, we have got plus sixty eight goal difference, we've lost two games in the league all season. Um, it's it, it's it's just the nature of them, and I think the United one particularly, given the fact that we were two 0 up. I mean, I was on the terrace having a having a pint at half time. I missed both of Pogba's goals because basically celebrating us winning the league and. That got, took, got, I got a right slap in the face for that, so that was a bit horrible. But um, yeah, to come through the other end, I think you you obviously have a bit more of a kind of context to provide to it. Mm. Um, Howard, now now that now that we're through it, do you think it's? I mean, I don't want to say it's good that it happened, but I mean, I can only speak for myself. I was in danger six weeks ago of kind of looking at. The, looking at the the team and going, a bit worried here. I don't really know what Pep's got left to do. It all feels a bit <laughs> perfect in a way. No, I mean, I, I I asked Marty Perrineau, like, how many levels up can this team go? Because it seems, like, it just seemed like they'd, they'd almost, like, gotten to where Pep wanted them to get to. Um, so did you, did you have that sense? Did you always feel like, you know, this is good, but 
that you know there's there's still a fall to come here or were you in danger of joining me in the this is just perfect land no. yeah i didn't think i should just uh comment that west brom are winning <laughs> no no oh, yeah <laughs> so, um, 15 minutes to go <laughs> oh my goodness oh, I've just seen the goal that is great banter <laughs> oh my goodness oh how would I love you yeah but I, I best answer the question anyway <laughs> yes <laughs> no no I never thought this was a perfect team but I always but I know what you're saying it's like we're doing this and it's not perfect this, there's a room for improvement here. We're only about eighty percent of where we want, to, where probably Pep wants us to be. And I didn't think. I think we were getting slightly ahead of ourselves. It's an astonishing run and points total and everything. Yeah, you know, just look at the records this season. Uh, but you know, in other seasons, things go against you a bit more. You pick up more injuries. I don't think we're always going to be twenty points clear in the league, even if we progress at this level. Uh, but yeah, it's. It's not been good to pass. As Lloyd says, I felt a bit of relief after the Liverpool second leg because it was done. Uh, it was worse yeah. whilst doing it. And as I said before, these these important games, it's the United result that hit me more than losing yeah, to Liverpool uh, just because of the manner of how it was and the opportunity given to us to win the league. Mm. Uh, but you cannot... Yeah, I think people got... When you know, we just went the other way over the past ten days. Everything's rubbish. Gundogan can't, you know, he's a rubbish footballer, and so and so's not any good. And the truth is, it was just a bad ten days. We had some bad luck. We had some bad performances. Some tactical errors from our manager, perhaps. Things just went against us in every shape and form. And it is what it is. And referee, few refereeing decisions. Yeah, as well. it was everything. It was a perfect storm of stuff. Ridiculous things happened. Uh, there was a few weaknesses, and at the end of the day, it happens. We're not not the you know we're not the greatest team ever to grace the earth, and uh, it just shows the human. But it, this is a team that will get better. So you know, if we're doing this now, you know, if we're if we're winning the league by this amount now, God knows what the future should can hold. Yeah. Um. Beautiful. That's a beautiful sermon, that, Howard. Uh, oh, are West Brom still... Uh, I'm completely distracted here. Are West Brom still winning? If there's any yeah. goals, you'll be the first to know, yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. Um, so... I want them to equalise now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, beginning of the Spurs game. Uh, well, the lineup first. Uh, Lloyd, I'll start with you. Any surprises in there? Um, uh, no. Starting, for example... You see that coming? Delph being dropped. I did. I, I did see Otamendi being dropped actually because I think, unfortunately, Otamendi's been amazing this season. But in the last three games, I think Jack Pitbrook said this, and it's spot on. He 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 did just revert to kind of 2016 Otamendi. Um, more rash challenges, and I think when um, when he's put under that absolute highest level of pressure, that the Liverpool players obviously apply in terms of their technical ability but the, and the speed. He was going back to that kind of rash diving in Otamendi. So, no, I wasn't surprised. I, I, and I thought, um, actually, Laporte played very well. Um, and, yeah, good to see Delph back. I think Delph, um, I think, again, Delph, Delph season, even though he did get praise, has gone a little bit under the radar. I mean, the guy was amazing before he got that um, injury against Liverpool. And people talking about, you know, Zinchenko being the first-choice left-back was just so... So um, ridiculous for me, but yeah, no, I was uh, I was pretty 
pretty sound with the team. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the early kind of portion of that game, it was, I mean, it was it was what City have done best uh, all season. Howard, would you go along with that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we I think we had a discussion off air that coming off those 10 days, I, I really, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm known as a pessimist, <laughs> but but even with this team, I go into most games thinking, yeah, we'll, we'll probably win. Uh, but I really just didn't think we'd turn up. I think I've been uh, you know, affected by what other people have been saying. Uh, and we may discuss Ooh. it later. The, the team looked tired, uh, and I felt that maybe the approach of this team would be, yeah, we only need two games to win the league, uh, and we've got five winnable games after this one, and that's when we'll have to wait to do it. So as soon as the game started, I was pretty damn impressed that the players had not let the last 10 days affect them. Uh, yeah, and I thought it was top class, you know, dangerous. Obviously, Sane hit the post uh, with a volley, De Bruyne hit wide, and it looked like the uh, the team of a... Well, before this 10 days, you know, it looked like we were playing Everton again or, or Stoke. It was, uh, yeah, very. Uh, I was quite surprised at the tempo we started that game at. Mm. Um, Lloyd, if you, look at, if you look at that start and the football that we played, um, it's been an ongoing kind of discussion for me throughout the season where it's very difficult to, to, to draw the line where the quality of our performance is, is the overriding thing or the opposition underperforming is the overriding thing in terms of Spurs haven't lost a game since December. Right. And they, they've been arguably the form team in, in 2018. Um, Did they just not turn up or is that, is that what we do so well? That idea that we, we can control a game at such a level that we make the opposition look like that. I think it's a bit of both. Um, yeah, you're, you're you're right. I think Spurs probably have been one of, if not the form team. Um, I don't think that. I mean, clearly that wasn't a vintage Spurs performance, and they were probably a bit off their top level. But I think the converse to that is when City play in that way and at that tempo, which we don't, obviously can't keep up for ninety minutes. But when we play with that intensity and move the ball that quickly, I think literally any 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 team facing us is going to almost it's almost impossible um, to cope with that. And it's a shame we didn't see that, um, you know, more consistently through the three previous games. But I think it's de- it's an element of both because when that when the city team when this city team moves the ball like that, it's what I mean. What can you do? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it's very 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 difficult when they uh, when they play at that level. Um, I, Howard, I think it's, I, wanna... I think it's a nonsense argument to be honest. That if they're a form team and hadn't lost since he last played us, yeah, there's no logical reason why they would suddenly decide not to turn up against us. You know, rather than all this, the previous 15 games where they have turned up and played well. So, whilst, yeah, whilst not everything, I'm sure players didn't, you know, there were Spurs players that didn't play to their peak. You've got to give City most of the credit for that. I mean, I forgot mm. Harry Kane was playing at one point. Uh, you know, for Ericsson and Allen, just, you know, how subdued they were. That's got to be down to City more than anything else. Mm. <clears throat> I mean, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to dwell on it, but it does beg the question of of where that performance was in the last two weeks. Um, but definitely. Anyway. Uh, so the goal, the pass from 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 Vinny, um, and the Jesus is 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 finish. 
that's, you know, that's why we're so difficult to play against because we can do all of the intricate passing and all of the other things, but we've also, and we've, it's not the first time this season that we've exposed a team with a, a long back to back to front pass. Um, I want to use that as kind of an opportunity to talk about Vinny because uh, I've had a lot of tweets about him as well. Talk about his performance, um, just kind of his emergence in this second half of the season and what it means going into the summer and, and, and into next season. So firstly, Howard, what did you think of his performance yesterday? Oh, superb. Uh, I mean, the pass is not something we expect from him or any City player, really. You know, long ball merchants now. But I thought just generally just composed, elegant, uh, and just, you know, and he's a leader, isn't he? He organised organize that defence so well. Uh, we discussed a dodgy period before half-time in a bit, but apart from that, yeah, I thought it was one of his best performances. Uh, just the Vinny of old, to be honest. Yeah, so I'll leave it at that. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, okay. not much um, more you can say. It was just, it was peak uh, company. Uh, and let, let's be honest, you know, there's been a lot of periods in the last couple of years when I didn't think I'd see any of these performances again. So just makes it all the sweeter. Mm. And similarly, Lloyd, if you look at the way that Laporte kind of dovetailed off him and Laporte's performance, does that look like a natural... To, to me, I guess the reason that I, I wanted to use this moment to talk about this is because Vinny and Otamendi have played really well together, um, but they don't necessarily look like a partnership if that makes sense it's, diff- it's a difficult thing to to try and articulate but for me it looked uh, Vinny and, and Laporte that looked like a partnership looked like a centre-back pairing does that make sense yeah no I think I think one of the big things is I always really like having um the symmetry of a right-footed centre-back and a left-footed centre-back I think it just it just gives you a bit more especially in the build-up because you've got a guy that can basically go down that side, which is obviously the left side naturally. Whereas I think sometimes when we've had um, Otamendi there, as good as Otamendi has been on the ball, you sometimes don't have that option because he is quite predominantly right-footed. Um, but no, I think I think Laporte was really, really good. Um, and I think it worked well with Laporte and company because uh, often Otamendi's problem, especially has been sometimes when he's diving in, and obviously that's surfaced its head over the last kind of couple of games. But I thought yesterday, company kind of played the role of the guy that was, you know, willing to come out looking to engage. And Laporte was very much kind of sweeping, um, which is which he's very good at and kind of bringing the ball out. So yeah, I think it I think it worked really well. Mm. Now, in terms of how Spurs kind of reacted to the way that we were playing, um, kind of struck me, and I know how would you put it in the notes as well. It really struck me that they. They just didn't know whether to press or not to press. And every time they tried to press, we'd just play through them. And every time they dropped off, we'd uh, we'd still play through them in a way. Um, <clears throat> was that, like in terms of the, the how that performance is, for me, it's the midfield that drives that performance. I guess that's what I'm trying to get at here is that I think that the, the performance of Gundogan, Silva and De Bruyne in that period is maybe at a level that we've not seen them play at for a few weeks. And they, because they play, they, they almost become impossible to play against and impossible to pick up because they're literally, they're, they're everywhere on the pitch. And I think that, well, in fact, I'd like to know what you both think. 
I would you think that that's why at times Spurs look ragged defensively and it looked like we could play through them so easily. Um, even after the first goal went in, it just seemed like they it almost like it got, it got more open. Um, Howard, I'll start with you. Do you think that's the, that's down to the? They would talk about the build up to the to the penalty and just how in that period how we're performing and how we're controlling it. Why are we controlling it like that and why are we tearing them apart in the manner in which we are? Yeah, well, it's just the little things. I don't I don't have an obvious answer to why we're tearing them apart, but it's movement and better control of the ball. The, the simple things. Uh, position. Yeah, I, I was. Part of my uh, worries coming into the match was obviously Fernandinho being out, uh, being suspended, and Gundogan, who I like a lot more than many seem to, but he's not Fernandinho, and I felt he'd be there was a danger he'd be overrun from there, you know, from the likes of Ericsson and Ali, and it just didn't happen. He was very, uh, what's the word, disciplined, yeah, uh, and yeah, and there was there's just plenty of energy, uh, the, yeah, there was. When we panicked against Liverpool, there was there was hacked clearances, there were misplaced passes, and we see it very occasionally in little pockets this season. <clears> but <throat> it was just a lot smoother. Mm. Uh, and I always think that you know the Sane Sterling. I don't know if if it's true about Wembley being a bigger pitch than everywhere else, but I guess if it is a, a wider pitch than some others, I guess that's why perhaps Spurs were too you know didn't want to press high. Because there'd be so much space with Sane and Sterling behind them, but it's a it's the problem that we've discussed so many times this season, you know about what the opposition do to stop us. Do you press or do you just play defensively? Yeah, and I felt Spurs were just kind of a bit in the middle. They're obviously not going to park the bus. They're not that sort of team. But I was surprised that they did not press our defenders, especially after the troublesome couple of weeks mm. we've had. Uh, and our defence just had to plenty of time just to bring it out, pass it around. Uh, and then it just lull the midfield in. Uh, but it's just a lot of disciplined, uh, elegant performances from, you know, across the team, basically. Uh, um, Gundogan did his job perfectly. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about Gundogan a little bit at the end. Uh, Lloyd, the, the penalty, is that a red card for you? What, Larissa's challenge? Yeah. Um, I thought at the time, it, my instinct was that it probably should have been, but I think probably on reflection, I, I think a yellow is probably fair because um, whilst kind of Jesus did have a clear goal-scoring opportunity and didn't take it, which was a bit weird, there was a defender kind of covering. So I think the... the I think probably yellow, but um, I really wouldn't have been surprised if it had been sent off. And it's okay. the Davis one that was uh, I thought was a horrible, horrible we'll challenge. We'll, we'll yeah. get there in a second. Um, Howard, the uh, Lloyd slightly misunderstood me. I yeah, felt I know you're going to say it's for violence. Conductor. Yeah, Larissa's challenge. If an outfield player makes that challenge somewhere else on the pitch, I can see myself feeling that's a red card it looked high it looked late it was studs mm. up and it looked out of control to me am i overplaying that a bit you reckon uh, no not really i mean it's not to me it's on the cusp uh it's not as bad as the one you know the davis one uh he's making the attempt for the ball but his studs are <laughs> raised it could have been a red uh you couldn't really argue against it but i don't think it's you know, of all the bad challenges Spurs players have been getting away with over the two league games, uh, it's only the fourth 
uh, worst decision by a referee. So <laughs> it's it's Spot kind on. of an orange card. Uh, and it, goalies yeah. just seem to get away with them as well, don't they? Yeah, goalies they do. They're like coming that. out, and yeah, they seem to have different rules for them. Uh, and yeah. it probably wasn't a penalty. To, I think it was about a yard outside. Yep. Yeah, so it was. Yeah, we'll, we'll take the penalty. Okay, um, are we champions yet? Is that game not over yet? <laughs> uh, a minute to go, then injury time. So, that's yeah. <laughs> so sick. Okay, Just watching United spray it around terribly. Oh, they're doing it on purpose, aren't they? So they can't win it at home. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, ben Davis, uh, uh, Lloyd, really nasty challenge. Really, I thought because it, it's clearly he's clearly gone to done him, gone to do him. Sorry, basically. Because the ball's actually, it's, it's gone by about a second and he, he, he extends his ankle, kind of pushes it out to, to create like the full, the full foot with stud. So I thought it was a really, really nasty tackle. And uh, yeah, Vinny looked pretty scary there. I wouldn't want to mess with him. I no, don't yeah, think he's the kind of guy I'd be uh, putting foot into. In, in, the, in the kind of melee of me screaming at the telly, I, um, I didn't notice whether or not he even got a yellow card for that. Did he? He did, yeah. Yeah, he oh, did. Yeah, so, so, so he's not he's not going to get banned. Yeah, so so that can't go back and be looked at either. No, but the uh, ref was okay. looking right at it from about five yards away. So yeah, it's just more yeah, well, poor refereeing, indeed. Um, now, one thing that I did want to touch upon from that first half, um, it's not really a negative, but it's definitely a conversation that's worth having now that we're kind of the season's wrapping up and we are champions, or we will be in about five minutes' time. Um, a lot of missed chances, a lot of, you know, yeah. I mean, Lloyd, I'll start with you. Did you feel like there was a moment at which, again, there was a little bit of anxiety in the in the final third, uh, in the way in which we were attacking? Yeah, I mean, it had, it had a little bit of United about it, didn't it? I think especially when um, Ericsson scored and... That kind of ten minutes before half time was a bit, um, but yeah, it's it's it is a bit of a weird one. I think we're in a very strange position where we create so many chances, like more than I've ever almost ever seen any team. That's what definitely in the Premier League create that we we obviously miss, we also miss more if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, so it's it, it is a bit weird in that you we are missing probably more big chances than any other team but it's, it's because we create so many. Um and if we if we take this number of chances, you know, like in the United game, we could have been 4-5-0 up um at half time or 4-5-1 or whatever it was. But you know, credit to I mean it most of them seem to fall to Sterling and credit to him. You know, he's got the bottle to keep putting himself in those situations and eventually he obviously takes one in the second half. So that was really important for me that that, that happened. I was really pleased to see him get that goal. Okay. Um, Howard, what about for you, just very generally, um, is it even remotely a worry when you... See, I, I've seen a lot of... I've seen both sides of the, of the argument. I've seen people say, which I agree with, if you're creating that many chances and those players are getting into those positions to miss those chances, everything is fine. Stop worrying. Um, and I've seen people say that's not good enough. You know, at that level, you've got to take chances like that. Mm. Um, where do you fall? Uh, well, both real. I mean, in the, my vast majority of games, it doesn't matter because we're just better and we'll score more. And missed chances are just, you know, just the opportunity to make your goal difference look even more obscene. Uh, but 
the only worry is, of course, the big games, you know, the close games, that's when miss chances. You don't get as many chances and you have to be clinical. But I'm not... It's a, it's a small concern, but I'm not worried. There's some young players involved here and the, the hope is that they progress as players. And this becomes, you know, if you look at Sane, Sterling, Jesus, I would hope with age that this be, they become more clinical. Yeah. Uh, but if Sterling's still, you know, missing that many chances in a couple of years, it is a problem. But then again, we won't be getting the chance. Another player won't be getting those chances. It's because of who he is and his movement. So I'm not overly concerned at the moment. We just, I think probably all sides miss chances. It's just because we create more, then therefore... We miss more. It's more apparent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, okay, so Spurs get their, you know, their goal. Um, and I reacted quite badly to that goal. Oh, certainly I felt that the team reacted badly to that goal and therefore I reacted badly to the team's reaction to that goal. Um, Lloyd, how, do you think that there was, after that goal, do you think there was a moment where City lost control of, a game that they, sh- they had no right to lose control of, considering the manner in which that first 45 had gone? Yeah, uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, I think the the mental fragility was, you know, was there to see again. I think, you know, obviously the kind of, I think the uh, the replays of the last couple of games would have been flicking through their minds. Um, and yeah, it was, a, it was a testing time. And I think they probably did, stop playing a little bit which is you know what really pissed Pep off so much in that Monaco game last season and obviously we've saw a little bit over these last three games but it it was a bit worrying but I think the the thing is like with this result the, cre- the credit has to be there because we came through that and yes okay it probably did take half time and Pep to speak to them but we came through that and in the second half the kind of authority came back and I think that's that's the most important thing okay and so C- just City of Champions <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> a half empty old Trafford they're panning around unbelievable unbelievable oh that's incredible I couldn't have timed oh we couldn't have timed that Eddie Metro <laughs> champions get in okay anybody well, want to climax. it's ruined the season for me I'm ruined now, mate. Ruined. We should give. We should give the title back. Do you know what I mean? We should totally give it back. Who Who'd want to win the title like that? Your biggest rivals losing at home to the worst team that the in Premier the League. League has seen in a decade in Premier yeah. League history. <laughs> in Premier League history, for us to win the title, I would never want to win it like that. <laughs> oh my wow. god. They've definitely done it on purpose, United. Uh, well, thank you very much, Man United. Well, no, thank you very much, Paul Pogbern, all yeah. twats. <laughs> um, wow, what was I talking Manchester about? Manchester City champions, they've just panned into the... T- they put a little graphic in the top corner of the screen. Oh, brilliant. Man City champions. Amazing. I wonder Get if it. I'll... What, nah, there's no way that they all watched it together. They couldn't. I'm not sure. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, Can we wrap the pod up? I need to... Go yes, honk my horn down Brooklyn's Road. So. Definitely, man. I need to need to, need to have a beer or something. But hold on, <laughs> let's let's get let's let's get through this. I think the second half is. Uh, yeah. Let's come back to Spurs in the second half and uh, the start of the second half. Uh, I've again, I've seen two different sides to um, to how people felt that we performed at the beginning of that second half. Now, I was riddled with anxiety at halftime. I tweeted something that upset a few people. 
it was a bit knee-jerk, to be fair. But at the same time, in the context of the last two weeks, it felt right. felt like they'd kind of mentally, they were, they, they I don't know, it was an immaturity to, to for me to what happened in the last 10 minutes of the first half. Having said that, how do you think they reacted in the second half, Howard, coming out? Well, I've, I've read a... Uh... I've read a uh, BBC report that said they put us under a lot of pressure until we got the third goal. Uh, but I, I don't, unless I've been drinking far too strong uh, pale ales, I don't remember it being that bad. <laughs> I felt it was uh, more composed, obviously a lot more composed than the end of the first half. Uh, and I felt it was comfortable. Uh, they, they, I'm sure a stat came up that they didn't have a shot and we had seven in, you know, a chunk of that second half, so I was I was fairly comfortable with how they played, uh, and then of course I think it was about twenty minutes in he brought Otamendi on, uh, and I assume we went back to the back three again that we did in the first half against Liverpool, uh, yep. and then we then we really started opening up. You know I can't be I can't give you the ta- tactical insight of why we created more chances after that, but the chances f- absolutely you know flooded in. Uh, in the last 20 minutes. So I didn't feel they offered that much and I felt we kept them at arm's length most of the time. Mm. Uh, did you Lloyd? see it that way or was I? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I considering that's why I said that I was riddled with anxiety at half time because for me, I felt we came out in the second half and after maybe it took about five minutes for us to get control, but yeah. then we got control and it maybe wasn't the same kind of control as the first half. Maybe Spurs had a little bit more of the ball, but on the break we were, I think Raz goes through like twice and has two massive chances yeah. before and the corner. Yeah. 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 And, and Jesus before the corner that we score from. So actually we could have scored two goals or three goals before Sterling actually scores. So even though Spurs might've had a bit more of the ball, I just felt that we were, yeah, that they couldn't cope with, with us on the break. Mm. Lloyd, I think um, their best. The only thing I remember them doing is is when a company stepped on Ali's foot, <laughs> and that's. Yes. I think that's about the only time we got in yeah. the penalty area. So, uh, and extra kudos to company for doing that as well. Uh, and I can't remember anything else. Yeah, there was no uh, late on. Edison saved a shot from long range from uh, from someone. What's his name? Yeah. Mora. Is it Mora? Yeah, it was Mora. Uh, I thought. It yeah, was I Eric can't remember any Mora. chances. So. Uh, and I can remember plenty of hours. So. Okay. Yeah, it, it was uh, easy. Lloyd, uh, Sterling obviously missed a lot of chances. Um, he got mm. also got the goal. You touched upon it in when we were talking about the first half, how pleased you were for him. Um, how do you analyse a player like Raheem Sterling when he when he has a performance like that? Where So uh, obviously the our listeners will say, well, Aysan, you're biased. You love Sterling. We know that. But I feel that he's almost singularly our most important attacking player in the sense that when everything else and everybody else is, when nothing is working, he keeps going and he keeps getting into those positions. And just by the very virtue of that, he unsettles the opposition. Yeah, no, definitely. I think the thing with Sterling, for me is anyway, he has, especially in the United game, he has showed that kind of thing that, you know, we've all thought has been there, even, you know, you and me, who's a massive Sterling fan myself, that he can, in big moments, miss quite easy chances. But I think the testament to Sterling, for me, the thing that's most important and the good thing about this game is he relentlessly 
irrespective of what happens in a game, he always keeps putting himself in the same position. He never hides. It's one thing you can never accuse Raheem Sterling of. Never ever hides. Um, and I actually thought with, with the chances yesterday, he was he was really unlucky with the one that um, that he kind of put Larice down and. You know, we just thought the net was going to bolt. He did the right thing in in uh, faking to shoot and then going to the side. And it's just that the Spurs defender just just nipped in. Um, he he did all the right thing, and yeah, okay, it did look a bit bad. But like I said, you know, he keeps putting himself in that situation. I think he did really well with the one that just took a a, a nick off. Um, I can't remember who the defender was, but when he was running through and it kind of just went left of the goal. Oh, and yeah, ultimately, yeah, Davinson Sanchez. And then ultimately, you know, he's, he's there putting himself in that position to, to, to kill the game and make it 3-1. So I was a bit worried after, after those misses that, you know, this could start to affect him mentally. But it's testament to Sterling that he keeps relentlessly putting himself in that position and he got his reward which was I was really really pleased with indeed to be fair they weren't misses as such you know they weren't the United scale misses uh, as you say one, they both went out for corners when he rounded mm. Luis it was blocked once it so obviously he could have done better you could argue that but uh, there was some good defending in there as well so yeah no, I think I think Jesus's miss you know when through was worse yeah uh, because he just couldn't get the ball under control. So mm. Now, Pep reacted to Sterling's goal in a way in which I've not often see him, seen him react uh, in that he Pep went defensive. Pep got a little conservative. That goal goes in and, and Otamendi was on the pitch, I believe, within five minutes and we'd gone to a basically a back five, back three, back five, whatever you want to call it. Um were you surprised by that, Lloyd? Um, a, a little bit, it's, yeah. But I quite liked it. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it, it was quite it was quite uh, reassuring, and that that pragmatism isn't something you know I think that, that we've ever seen from Pep. And I think the difficulty is it is probably something that belies the philosophy which he's so insistent on. But it was it was perfect for that situation, and. Um, no, it was it was good to see because I don't think any of us wanted a repeat of uh, what happened against United, did we? Mm. Now, um, Howard, it's interesting what Lloyd just said then because he said like it, it's sort of it's counter to counterintuitive to what you be- believe Pep's philosophy to be, and yet at the same time, Lloyd said a little bit earlier, or maybe it was you that said it, that once Otamendi came on, we started making creating more chances. Yeah, so you can't really say it was a defensive move. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, just bringing on a defender does not mean that you become no. more defensive. It's like, it just reminds me of Tevez when he was kicking off on the bench in Bayern Munich, was it? Because he wasn't being brought on because we brought a defender on first. But I think Mancini was just changing the shape of the team to then bring him on. You know, it just yeah. it doesn't mean you're going to go defensive. And yeah, as I alluded to earlier, we just uh, we found the gaps far more easy, you know, especially through balls after that. So... Yeah, it didn't seem much more defensive to me. Uh, yeah, I guess he's just showing up the middle as well. Uh, but I guess he felt that there was still a threat from then and that it needed something different. Uh, but anyway, I, I, thought, I still thought we looked pretty comfortable. But changing the shape, it, I mean, it worked. Yeah. It certainly worked in the first half against Liverpool, that shape. And it's maybe something with Mendy coming back that we'll see more of in the future now. It'll make a comeback of having a back three 
and uh, wing backs more than full backs. So. Mm. Well, I do. What, I as, do. as for why we create the chances, I don't know if it was just a, a number of factors of them pushing for an equaliser, but uh, we certainly, yeah, we should have got at least two or three goals after more than what we did in that second half. Definitely, I think. I think the back three thing is. It's an interesting comment that you make there because I think that we're the one criticism that I've that I would have of this City team this season, or not this season, in general, is that they're maybe not as tactically flexible as, as Pep would like them to be. And I think that actually the the Liverpool game shows that in the sense that Pep tries to do something different, expecting the team to react in the right way to what he's trying to do. And they don't, and they can't. And it's, you know... That's because the thing is that if you've got, the t- they've got the technical ability to do whatever Pep wants them to do. And they've got the intelligence to, 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 to put whatever plan Pep wants them to, 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 to put into place. Um, but they, you know, they didn't do it at Anfield. And, and I think that they do, it's something that Marty Perrinow talks about a lot in all the interviews that, uh, that I've done with him. He's, he's often talked about the fact that, you know, ideally Pep wants to be able to shift two, three times in a game if he needs to, yeah. but he needs to feel comfortable that the players, when they make those shifts, it's Bayern did it really easily. Pep's Bayern did it really easily. Now, granted, there was a lot of very mature, very experienced players in that side, um, but they could shift really easily from three at the back, four at the back, two at the back. It just didn't matter. Um, and we haven't quite got that in us yet. And that's maybe a, a developmental step that, that we've that we've got to take Lloyd what do you reckon yeah I think that's probably right um the only converse to that is what I'd say is I think um some of that criticism whilst I think you're right in what you say about especially the Liverpool game when he's doing he's made a change to try and see and try and coax the players uh to do something different um but I think the, the the converse is that I think Guardiola has to take um some of the well quite a lot of the criticism in my view because I think in those in some instances he does on the biggest stages and in the biggest games he does try and do I think he does try to be a little bit clever sometimes um and actually maybe it would be better sticking with what has been so uberly successful throughout the season and propelled you into the position that you've been in well he's certainly Um, got a lot that's a I agree he's certainly got a look at um at the performance, for example, against Spurs yesterday, and then ask himself, what was that team that I picked at Anfield? And, and mm-hmm. sort of, you know, yeah. I, I think that the, the the first part of what I said there about being tactical flexible, tactically flexible, it's kind of a general point that you can point at the Anfield game and go, that sort of shows a little bit that the players aren't quite as tactically flexible as Bayern are. But at the same time, I completely agree with you, Lloyd. The flip side of that is what are you doing trying that in arguably the biggest game of the season? That's not a moment mm. to try. You 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 better be 150% sure that the, the players are ready to do that if you're going to do that in that game. And I don't think he was, and I don't think the players were, and that's why we got ended up getting the performance that we that we got. But anyway, enough about the negative. Don't want to talk about negative things. Um, after Raheem's goal... Complete control for the rest of that game, Howard. Is that how you is that how you viewed the rest of that second half against Spurs yesterday? Yeah, uh, I think they're quite comfortable when they are in the mood. Uh, I think we're very adept now at seeing out games, and it's it's not by 
obviously just holding the ball in corners and stuff like that. It's just, you know, wrestling back the total domination of the ball. Uh, and uh, yeah, I've seen, I never felt in, under any threat that, that Spurs were going to make a comeback. Uh, I don't think Spurs believed that they were going to either. Uh, yeah, it was it was pretty comfortable. Uh, I can't remember when. I think Jesus missed his chance earlier than before the goal. Uh, but yeah, we just we see the game out really. They don't. I think if they if they wanted to have scored more, they probably could have done. But uh, it, they're a very good team at just closing down games now when they're yeah. in control already. Uh, and there was yeah, the one one long range shot from Spurs was pretty much it, uh, and it was. It was routine for, for Edison, to be honest. And that's mental. I mean, we should say it again. Spurs haven't lost a game since since December. They're the form yeah. team in 2018. Everybody's been going about on about how how incredible they've been and how this is, you know, Pochettino, his teams are at their best at this time of the year and all the rest of it. And, you know, they've not, they d- go they've on. not lost by more than one goal at home in three and a half years. So Wow. There you go. That tells you In everything. the league, anyway. Yeah, so. Yeah. Or maybe all, I don't know if it's all games or the league, but yeah, that's it. When they do lose at home, it's yeah. Just imagine it. This could have been four or five one quite easily. Mm, absolutely. I mean, it really was a performance that that wouldn't have been out of place in that purple period in in November December where yeah. we're absolutely slapping everybody. Um, it's just a shame that we didn't get it. 10, 10 days, two weeks ago, but I'm not arsed now because we are the champions. Um, does, <laughs> does, does, does anybody have a man of the match? Uh, Lloyd, who was your man of the match? Oh, um, gone tits up here, by the way, lads. Sorry, I'm completely distracted by the fact that we are champions. That is totally, that is totally fair enough. Um, I, oh, I thought De Bruyne actually, given that he had really struggled um, I think in those three games was probably our best player for me but I think you could have given it to Vinny you could have given it to Laporte I think Sterling was just a constant menace but I'd probably go for De Bruyne Okay Howard? Yeah exactly everything Lloyd's just said I'd have to give it to, to De Bruyne he might not have scored I don't think he even got an assist but you know it's not about stats he was he was a driving force in that team so but you, yeah, I could pick five out to be honest. Uh, I think Lloyd wants to mention Delph, don't you? That you know, so good to see him back, and he was super. Yeah, I think well. Delph's been Delph's been so good this season. I think when that period when he was a kind of out of the team uh, when he was injured, and uh, Zinchenko played a few good games. I think people got so carried away with um, with that and massively did a disservice to how good Delph's been. Um, I mean, he came in and played uh, away at Chelsea in what at the time was a huge game and was just, okay, he made a little bit of a mistake early on, but he's almost been pretty much faultless. And in possession, he's just, he's, he's amazing in possession, Delphi. He gives us such a different element. And when he's been back in over these last couple of games, I just feel so much more secure with him at left back. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think it's, you know, it's it's testament to to Guardiola that, that Fabian Delph is going to get a Premier League winner's medal and one that he fucking earned. Do you know what I mean? Excuse my yeah. language there, but he absolutely has been a, was a crucial part of a crucial part of the period and a crucial player in the crucial part of the period and has put in big performances. Way at Stamford Bridge immediately jumps out as like, you know, just, yeah. I mean, absolutely earned that, that, that Premier League winner's medal. Um, 
other performances, the one other performance that I want to to pick out, and we touched upon it earlier, is is Gundogan's performance. Now, you both gave De Bruyne man of the match, and and I I understand why you did, and I understand that Sterling could have got man of the match. And there's quite a few, but for me, I'd have given it to Gundogan because I think that to have to play the Fernandinho role against Spurs is, yeah. you know, on the on paper going into that game everybody around me is going, we're going to get rolled over here. Why are we going to get rolled over? Because our only options are Yaya Torre or Gundogan to play that holding role and neither of them are good enough to do it. And yet I thought he was fantastic. I mean, not, you know, obviously defensively, he's never going to give you what Fernandinho gives you, but his performance overall for me was class, all class. Um, And he's taken a lot of criticism and kind of feel like, you know, not that he's been made a scapegoat, but that he's certainly, you know, for me, he's a class player who gets a lot of stick, which I find quite, yeah, just quite strange. And I think it's a bit unfair. I think he gets a lot of that stick because he has to play in the same team as David Silver and Kevin De Bruyne, who are arguably two of the best midfield players of the last 10 years. Yeah. I um, think he's also a player, I think, who's still, he's still, play, he's still a player who's had an injury and is aware that he's had an injury. Yes, I think he's actually said, I'm still on the road to rehabilitation. I don't think it leaves your mind for a good... I don't think it'll be to next year that he may forget that he's had these injuries and just, you know, play football. Uh, But he's never been a bad footballer. It gets far too much stick for me. But as you say, it gets stick because he's not other people. Yeah. But he's a damn fine footballer still and a bargain at the price we got him, so... Absolutely. I mean, I think that the the reality is that that Gundogan plays in the first eleven of every other team in the Premier League, probably every other team in 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 La Liga, except for maybe Real Madrid. Although you could argue he, he could get in the Madrid side as well. Um, he, he certainly gets in Bayern Munich's team. I mean, it's just you know, I think I think we're I think we're lucky that we have a squad that allows us to have a player like Gundogan to call upon when Silver or, or, or De Bruyne um, aren't available. Um, and I think we should bear in mind what Guardiola said, that next season David Silver will play less. Um, so we are going to have to begin to think about a different, yeah, a, a different makeup to our centre mid over the next kind of two or three years. Um, okay, so... Howard, the last question on your agenda is, has this put to bed some of the bad feelings from the past week? Well, guess what, mate? United just lost and we're the champions of England. So I've got not a single bad feeling anywhere in my body. Yeah. What about you? Nah, you move on, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> but I'd, I'd love to have written the scripts that we won it against United. Uh, and uh, one, one day we'll win the Champions League. But I always, you know, uh, I think Alex Ferguson won the Champions League twice in 25 years. Barcelona have been to one final in seven. Uh, it's not easy, so I can get over a Champions League exit. It's obviously hurt more because I had to put up with Liverpool fans. Uh, <laughs> we were still going to win the league, so no, yeah, there were defeats that didn't have any real serious consequences. So yeah, it just yeah. felt terrible at the time. Exactly. Uh, but let's hope we can play them. Play United next April when we're ten points clear and and put that to bed. So, absolutely. And Lloyd, um, I guess that you know now that we are champions, obviously we'll have plenty of opportunities now to talk about the season as a whole. Um, mm. But 
in the warmest of warm immediate afterglows of of being crowned the champions thanks to the shitness of man united um what do you make of the season how do you feel right now april 15th uh, mate and we're the champions yeah with there's still what five premier league games five, yeah. left to be played that's a record i think united did it with five left um, once and now we've done it so it's record early so Sorry, Lloyd. <laughs> it's, no, it's fine. I mean, it's, 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 it's difficult to, to take in. I think it's, it's been an absolutely ridiculous season. Um, I think whilst we're going to get better under Guardiola, and I think the nature of the team being quite young um, and you know a lot of our starting players being in their early 20s, even though I think we're going to get better, I, I think we're going to struggle to replicate this sort of a league campaign. Yeah. Um, and in terms of dominance, in terms of points, I think I'd... I'd really like to see us break all the records in terms of uh, goals and in terms of points, etc. Even though I do want to see the likes of you know Foden and that get a few games now, because I think it really it will it will allow the gloss not to be taken off. I think what has been an amazing season that the last ten days kind of derailed it a little bit, and there's been far too much talk of you know it being a sour note and it's not a good way to win the league, which is all nonsense. I think Alex. we'll all. Ultimately, we'll look back on this season, I think, in kind of 10, 15 years' time. And we'll just, we'll realise, I think, then just how lucky we've been now because it has been absolutely ridiculous. And, um, yeah, I think it'll, it, will take, <laughs> it will take us to look back on it to realise that there have just been so many unbelievable moments from, like, Sterling's goal against Bournemouth to Sterling's goal against Southampton to, uh, to beating United away to... Yeah, there's just there's just been countless. So um, I think it will take us to look back on it probably to realise just how lucky we were. Yeah, I'm just I mean we won away at Arsenal, United, Chelsea, Spurs. Uh, that's damn impressive to be honest. And, you know, and our record against the top six is and suffocated team the big yeah, teams as well. Is uh is amazing. Uh, it's not just you know relentlessly picking points off smaller teams, which teams have done to win titles. They've just you know. They've done it across the board. They've beaten every every other side in the league. They've beaten at least once. Uh, so you can't really ask for more than that. Absolutely. As Lloyd, as Lloyd said, I don't think... We can play as well again, and I don't think we'd get this points hole because things go against you and teams might put bigger challenges. But, yeah, you can't take... I mean, just look at the records that are still to be broken. Uh, yeah. It's... I, yeah, I find uh, which is the greatest Premier League team ever debate utterly boring because it just brings it it brings all the United and Arsenal fans out saying don't be ridiculous you have to earn it over years or whatever but <laughs> the fact is this is if this team scores more points than every other Premier League champions if this if they score more goals if they win more games then <laughs> where's your argument because yeah, <laughs> exactly. where is the argument I mean just because we weren't invincible well Arsenal drew about 16 games so you know it's however you look at it we've got we have got one of those the great teams now and at the start of the season there was worries I think yeah well, we were still you know where people were waiting really desperate people a lot of people for Pep to fail and after a couple of games like the Everton game and the Bournemouth game wasn't great either you know had a great ending thinking oh this is We've not really moved on, but then then it clicked, and we've just not looked back since then. So, I think the other thing at which I I want to just reinforce is this idea that you know we flat tracked everybody in this league, and that includes the best teams in the league. And I think that part of 
I don't know if I can remember the last time a team controlled. If you look at all those games, Chelsea away, Spurs away, United away, like we we controlled those games. Not that we went there and we did what it takes to get the three points to come back. No, we slapped those teams around. We embarrassed them on their own patch. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. Spurs yesterday, they got embarrassed. They could have lost by four, five, six goals. Chelsea couldn't touch the ball when we went to Stamford Bridge. They couldn't get near the ball. They couldn't get near us. So it's that's unbelievable. And can I just say, to wrap this up, like... How amazing is it that we become champions whilst we're recording a 1920 podcast? I mean, yeah, it's, oh, that's, wow, wow. I'd still rather have done it in the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> having not done it in the ground, I'll take this. I'll take this as a, as a, as a, as a second. Um, shit. Thank you. Um, thank you to everybody who's, who's, who's been on this journey this season, man. It's been a bit mental and, and, and yeah. There's been a lot, a lot of highs. There's been very, very, very few lows, and that was an incredible way to, 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 yeah, to wrap it up. Um, how season's over? Yeah, <laughs> we can, we can relax now. The lads, lads like Fodden and, and and Diaz should get some games now. And yeah. and I'm, a, I'm a bit different to Lloyd. Like the the records, they don't mean very much for me. I'd love to see, I'd love to see Guardiola just roll out the kids from here on out. Just be like, you know. Like Laporte A Stones as the as the centre back pairing for the rest of the uh for the rest of the season. Uh Mendy gets to play left back every game to get his fitness back. You see what I'm saying? Fodden yeah. gets a run of games, Diaz gets a run I of think games. The key the key thing is I think Edison's got to play a game outfield for me. That would just be <laughs> That would just be yeah. the Next ultimate. level. I love it. Absolutely it's, love it. Edison in centre mid in the Fernandinho role. I mean definitely. I'm all in. Absolutely. Oh yeah. man! I right. mean, yeah, the records don't mean that much to me either. But we can, we can still reach hundred points uh, with four wins and a draw. Four wins and a draw, yeah, that would be, which is eminently possible given yeah. the games. We should still play Foden and Diaz, and you know, give some players run outs and use it to try things out. Uh, but the teams we're playing, we can still win them all, even if we did 100%. all that. So. I think that's the thing, like even because, you know, you've in, in Fodden and Diaz, you're talking about two young lads out of, you know, 11, 11, 10 outfield yeah. players. And I think that you can do that. And even, you know, some of the Gundogan will, should play, you know, almost every game between now and, and the end of the season, if he can. And I don't know, I just, I, it'll be, in the end, I don't care. Pep can do whatever the hell he wants. He's earned that right by turning yeah. this league into La Liga and turning it into the Bundesliga by just absolutely flat-tracking it. And remember, he's a fraud as well. To everybody yeah. who's listening, he's a fraud. And remember, Jose Mourinho tactically and mentally bested Pep Guardiola when he when they were in La Liga, according oh. to Duncan Castle as well. I'm going to be retweeting a lot tonight. <laughs> I'm going to let you give facts. On that note, we're going to wrap this up. I'm going to let you I go. W- so I, wonder you if, start. I wonder if Pep knows, though. He's playing golf this afternoon. so Oh, he'll know. He will I'm sure absolutely. someone's relayed the message to him. So. <laughs> Amazing. Right. Okay. Manchester City are the 2017-2018 Premier League champions. It is only the middle of April. We still have five games left. Thank you to everybody who's supported us this season, who's been part of the 9320 podcast, 9320 player journey. Of course, it ain't over. We have another season next season. We've got the rest of the games this season. We've got the summer transfer madness. Um, Yeah, everybody go out and get pissed. Up the blues.